We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Okay. 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 Hello, welcome to Freudian Sips. We're recording at a different table, so we're kind of farther away from each other, but I feel like we can look at each other better. Yeah, we're more across from each other this time. Yes, new environment. Keep us on our toes. And we're going to be recording in a different room of the house every single time. I was thinking someday we should maybe move to different venues. Like when it gets nice outside, we'll go sit in a park. Like recording in a park, yes, with these microphones. That's going to be super easy to set up. Okay. Okay, okay. Details. Uh, before before we start, Mommy. Yes, Anna. I have some presents for you. Presents? I bought you presents. Just a second. You're going to give me presents like while we do this? Yeah. I, is that a thing that you do in podcasts? Okay, the first one. I was kind of on a present spree, so I was just buying things, and I saw this little bin of uh, stuffed animals, and I thought, we need a little podcast mascot. Oh, that's a, pod- a great idea. A podcast dot. And <laughs> say that again. I'm not going to. Podcast dot? It doesn't work. Can you say stupid. that consistently? Probably not. Okay, because I will never Our be mascot. able to say that. Okay. And I found this little guy. And I want you to figure out the reason that I wanted him to be our little mascot. Oh, man. Okay? It's like a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I just put the thing on the table. Oh, That's why she laughed. Okay. We really need visuals for people listening to this. <laughs> I'll, pod- put a, I'll put a picture of it on, on our uh, Twitter and yeah. Instagram. Why I think <laughs> I'm not going to get this right. I don't like failing quizzes, but it's, I'm not going to get this right. Why okay, did you he laugh has, when you first see he, it? He song. has very interesting eyes. There it is. That's it. That's the whole reason. His it's, eyes are, are, are very unique. His eyes are wonky. His eyes are very, wonky very... Wonky is the exact <laughs> word, but I thought that was kind of judgmental, so I didn't want to use that. He's got wonky eyes, and that's his thing. It's okay. <laughs> so he fits very nicely with us. But I thought, you know, his ears are good for today's episode. Yes. For our listeners, because this is an audio recording. Mm -hmm. He's a little, he's a little, what is he, a little tiger or a little bear or something? I think he's a bear, but he's in a weird position for a bear. He's like laying down. He's reclining. It's a, it's a, he's a bear, but (laughs) he's a lazy bear. He's a lazy bear. And he's got little heart ears. And he's got heart nose. He's a polar bear. And he's got a very, very wonky set of eyes. His eyes are very unique. (laughs) Yeah, make him look at me. Don't look at me. (laughs) Oh, that was a very cool idea. Okay, we have a mascot now. We do. And, oh, They're little chocolates because I love my mommy. A valentine. 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 Have you ever noticed how little kids always call it valentine? That's that's what my husband and I call it. We call each other our valentines. Oh, and some little valentine necklaces. I'll put them on right now. Okay. Wait, will they fit over my headset? No, you could probably take your headset off. I'm going to just leave the tag on. <laughs> it's like that lady in the old days that had that, that price tag on her hat. Yeah. <laughs> so she could return oh, look, it, it looks church. good with my black 
It does. I it's look very festive. Okay. Okay. And Good grief, Anna Marie. They're from the dollar store. Aww. Scented stickers. The yes. best kind of stickers. The kind that smell. I thought if we, we could each have a and pack. And it's got an owl. Yeah, that's why I got it. I think I think we should we should give each other stickers when we say something really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for my presents. You're welcome. I don't know how to open this one. Bye. Ooh, yes. I use my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than I thought there was. There's double... Two, two times as many stickers. So all of this love you're sharing is a very good intro to our episode today, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> we're, uh, we're. I'm trying to. We're recording oh. this at two days, two days after Valentine's. So we thought that a really good episode to do this week would be an episode about love and some some things about love, love. So to start off, I am talking about love languages, which is something that maybe um, you've heard about. It's 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 kind of weird to talk about because it's not really... I, I don't even remember if we talked about it in our schooling. No. Have you ever referenced it at all in a counseling session? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've talked so about I. love languages several times. And actually, I've had clients bring it up. Really? Yeah. And it was... In I think it counseling. was it was more of a secular thing. It wasn't like a psychology idea or a psychology theory or anything. It was, it was kind of in the public eye for a while. It was kind of a self-help book. Well, and it's interesting that you, you called it a secular thing, but I kind of have always thought of it like a faith-based thing. Well, it is. It's the, the guy who wrote, okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the, the five uh, love languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, was a book published in 1992. It's been published, you know, updated a couple times since then. The latest was in 2015. The author of it is Gary Chapman. So Gary Chapman is, I'm oh, sorry, doctor. Yes. Gary Chapman. He is best known for the book. Like, that's kind of his claim to fame. He's also a Baptist pastor. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's where, and, and I, I read, you know, large portions of the book while I was researching this episode. And a lot of it goes back to faith. Like, he's, he's pretty open about this is a faith book. It's, you know, he references the Bible several times. He goes back to that a lot. So it, it was a faith-based book mm-hmm. but I think the public latched onto it quite easily I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone really talk about it in the context of faith I think that's just where he was writing it from mm-hmm. um he's a I'm not uh, I'm gonna try to say this in a not judgy way he's a doctor of philosophy why I are you feel, so judgy about that I feel judgy about it yeah. because as I was reading the book he made it a point to talk about the people who he was helping calling him Dr. Chapman. Mm-hmm. I don't want to shit on if this If I ever get my doctorate, you're going to call me Dr. Mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I'm going to be so excited about yeah. being a doctor that But are everyone... you going to get a doctor of philosophy? If that's easy, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I would get whatever is the easiest thing to get a doctorate in. And then everyone will call me doctor. I don't know. After after grad school, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can't see it happening right now. Or not. I had a friend listen to the first episode. Hi, Kim. She was like kind of texting me as she was listening to it. And she goes, when you said, if you're going to go to grad school, I thought you were going to finish with don't. <laughs> so she, she was... I frequently updated her with our grad school exploits and how much I didn't want to be doing them. So, okay, Dr. Dr. Gary Chapman. He studied anthropology, though. I don't know how that fits in with his doctor of philosophy. I don't know why he didn't 
Is there a doctor of anthropology? I don't know. Anything I'm about sure doctors. there is, but he changed his mind, I guess. I guess. I don't know if he studied it before or after, but he studied the anthropology. So, I mean, he is very knowledgeable about cultural patterns and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably where a lot of this comes from. So in 1992, he first published the Five Love Languages book, and it has sold like 11 million copies, and it's been translated into like 50 languages. It's very widespread. It's been extrapolated into a lot of books. It They have like the five love languages of children, the five love languages of men, love languages of single people, of teenagers. Like there's a lot of those. An appreciation in the workplace book I was going to say done. there was even one about the workplace. I yeah. didn't see what the title he didn't, was. He but. didn't call it the, the five, five love languages <laughs> of your coworkers or anything. But yeah, it was like, it was kind of, it's kind Boundaries. of the same idea. Just kind of extrapolated into different settings. Boundaries, dude. I know. The five love languages of your boss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and he, he did like other other marriage and family and parenting books. So he's done quite a lot with relationship-based publications. Mm-hmm. Um, so the basics of the five love languages, besides exactly what it sounds like, there's five love languages. Um, but it's kind of, it, he calls it keeping your love tank full. And what the basic theory is that we all have, you know, a love tank, a tank of of ways that we feel loved and the more things people do for us that make us feel loved, specifically in a relationship context where our partner needs to do these things for us. That if our partner does these things that make us feel loved, it fills up our love tank. And when our love tank is more full, the more I say love tank, the more dirty it say, sounds. Don't say it, it anymore. It sounds worse. <laughs> oh, oh, that's bad. Uh, <laughs> as we fill up this love, love tank, tank. The, the, more, the more full it is, the more happy we are and the more content we are in our relationship and the closer we feel to our partner and all that stuff, then the more we want to fill their love tanks. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm feeling very awkward. Uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable. Because I was... I, until it started sounding dirty, <laughs> I was thinking that that we kind of use that a lot of a lot of people in education kind of use that theory even with children and educating children and and just the idea of raising children that idea of filling them up with the positive and all that it's just it's just another way to label that yeah it's just more specific and put into words and specifically for romantic relationships I mean I, I the one thing I saw was the workplace one but I didn't really see like love languages of friends or anything like that. Like he specifically focuses on family and romantic love. Right. And he does he does a lot of couples therapy. So that's his big push. Right. So when he talks about these five love languages and we'll go over them. When we talk generally about what a love language is, it's how we like to receive love. Our love language is how we like to be shown love. Generally, that means we will also show love to others in the same way. I think that's because when we like to be shown love a certain way, we assume that other people like to be shown it the same way. You you know, we assume that if this makes us feel loved, then it's going to make other people feel loved. It might not even be a conscious assumption. Oh, I don't don't think it is very much at all. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think a lot of people think about, this is the way I like to be shown love. I think it's just... Oh, I like this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's conscious at all um, until 
we make it conscious until we talk about these kind of things and people start thinking about them. Right. That's kind of where it gets into trouble. That even when we are being conscious about how we like to be shown love, if we're doing this thing where we assume that other people like to be shown love in the same way, then it can really get us into hot water with our partners because usually people are going to speak different love languages in their relationship. So if we're showing them love, even in a way that we really like to be shown love, yeah, it's going to feel nice to them, but it's not going to to fill up their love tank. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn, this is the basic theory of the book, we have to learn what our partner's love language is and we have to be able to meet that for them and they have to be able to meet our love language for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about making sure you know what your partner needs. And, and that's kind of a, a good rule of thumb to keep even if you're not going to ascribe to the love languages theory that just need to make sure you know what your partner needs and you need to be sure that you're meeting their needs and they're meeting yours. So we'll each have a different uh, love language, but it can be tricky to express um, our love to our partners when that's the case, when the love languages don't match up. I looked a little bit about research about this because I, I was interested as I was thinking about this and as I was thinking oh, we didn't really talk about this in our our graduate schooling. I mean, it wasn't really, it's not like a part of the psychology field. It was just, he does counseling and it kind of became a counseling thing. And and I, I personally like it. So yeah, I have used it several times in counseling. And I think it's easy for people to grasp onto. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to identify with. And I think that's why it's gotten so much traction. The cat wants to get in the room. Oh, that's the cat? The, cat, the cat's punching the door. <laughs> There's you, an uprising. You, really, you were looking at the ceiling like, like it was aliens, hello. and it's not. It's the cat. Hello. It's the, oh, okay. We come in peace. It's just the cat. They do not come in peace. That's why they're not in the room. <laughs> uh, so, so when I was looking up research, the only, the only thing I could really find was there was a a study comparing the five love languages theory overall to a a different uh, five-factor test called the relationship maintenance behaviors. Mm-hmm. So really all they found was that there was a consistency between these two like five-factor tests. So at least, I mean, to me that sounds like they could just be similar enough that they work together, but... I mean, it might be stretching a little bit, right? It's not. It's not like what we're about to talk about is really based in scientific theory and and experiments or anything like that. This is one dude who wrote a book, and a lot of people thought it was a really good idea. <laughs> that's a so, good way to say it. Yeah, and and that's fine. That's how mm-hmm. a lot of theories start out. So I think I think that's okay. Well, and I think it's like you said. I mean, anytime you do couples counseling, couples therapy, the big the big issue, I mean, it's even to the point where people kind of make jokes about, you know, communication and telling what you said before, telling mm-hmm. your partner right. what it is that you need to feel mm-hmm. loved and making sure that you know what they your partner needs to feel loved. And if you give them tools that they can use, that makes it easier to communicate. You know, right. like instead of just going tell each other how you what you what if you say here here's a list which one of these do you most you know that comes up in the book a lot a lot in almost every single chapter you know he has a story of for this love language I think back to this case that I had mm-hmm. and in almost every single one he had them make a list mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people when they think about that they think it's hokey and yeah it is a little hokey I mean. I think a lot of people, when they think about communicating with their partners or 
knowing what their partners need or want or, or having their partners know what they need or want, there is this, and again, it's unconscious, like you said, there's this, um, they should know. Right. They should. They know me, so they should know what I like, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't really have to tell them. But people are dumb, and people need to be told. <laughs> We're all dumb, and we need to be told how the people that we love like to be loved. Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth it to do that very outright blunt communication, even if it feels too blunt. Mm-hmm. There's no use being coy in relationships. It, it doesn't mean your partner doesn't love you if they or can't figure know it out. You. Yeah, right, right. It's just that. People need That's to be told things. How we are. And if we don't tell people things, then we can't be can't expected expect for them, them to, to know. know. Right. So before we dive into the five love languages themselves, would you like to know what your love language is? Do you already have a guess? I feel like I have a guess Me? for you. Yeah. I know I know which one mine is. Which one do you think yours is? Mine is acts of service. I think that's yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is yours? Mine's physical touch. Mm. Yeah, but I was going to ask you because because I too read a whole bunch when you said this was what you were going to do. But I've read, you know, because I've been married a while, so I've I've read it before. And well, and I know that we have talked before, even we began this podcast about using this with our clients, right? So right. I, I know that we have both kind of mm-hmm. gone back to this well a few times in our in our relationship counseling. Mm-hmm. My struggle sometimes with it is, like I say to you, I know that mine's acts of service. And I mean, I'm aware that that I feel that deficit. Like if I, I, because I have throughout my life had moments where I have been upset with not only my partner, but even people, other people in my family, sure. you know, people yeah. I'm related to, when I feel like I'm doing a lot more giving as in work than other people are and you kind of feel alone you feel like I'm doing all the work and I've had a lot of clients say that too in relationship counseling especially marriage and when you've been married a long time right I'm doing I'm doing all the work and they're not doing anything and that's something um that for me the acts of service is that that I I get my tank filled if someone does work for me that sounds like I'm (laughs) but this (laughs) do that work if you love me do work and my tank is filled baby no I think it goes back to the you do service that much because that's how you feel love and you're trying to make it's what we talked about earlier that even if you're not doing it consciously you are doing service for other people and I mean there is a part that I've had clients say this to me a lot when we've talked about self-care that you know we talk about self-care as in doing things for you instead of other people because you need to make sure you're okay but then they say but doing things for other people makes me feel better and Mm -hmm. it makes me feel good so Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it but I also think it is because you're trying to do things for other people because you love them and because you want to do those things to show them you love them. So right. it's hard when you're not getting that back. Was that the one you thought that I was? For you, yeah. Just by knowing me? Yeah. And I can see it because acts of service is not is not one of my big ones. But I see myself doing that for other people because I was raised by you and mm-hmm. because I, I know that that's your love language. And, and so I think that's why I tend to do a lot of service for people. Well, and that that was going to lead me to my question that I was going to ask you before, that if you say, well, this is my love language, is it possible to have a couple that are really close? Yeah, he says in the book, we usually have a primary love language and a secondary love language. But I I think that it can kind of change depending on the circumstance or anything like that. I think we have one that's pretty ingrained in us, and I think we have one that we tend to go toward more than the other ones, but... I think many of them can be kind of interchangeable. 
And I'll talk about this a little later, that different acts or things can be interpreted as parts of different love languages, Mm -hmm. which sounds confusing. I'll talk about that in a second. I was going to have you do a little love language quiz. Do you not want to do that? No, I'll do it. Because one, well, can I ask you another question? As long as I'm at, okay. No, yes. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So like you said, you think that you do that for some, sometimes you do that for other people because you were raised by me. And Mm -hmm. so you saw that. But then I, and you said that yours is physical touch. Mm-hmm. Do, I'm, I'm going to try to take credit for that somehow. Oh, Oh, it's yours. Yeah. Like I, because when I think of getting physical touch, I think of like you like rubbing my back when I was a little kid okay. and, and hugging me all the time. And so stuff. we get a lot of our love language from the way we were raised. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that from, again, a lot of clients who, when I do talk about even if we're not talking about love languages specifically, there there is a big physical touch thing that a lot of couples have a hard time with. You know, people like different levels and different types of physical touches. So I've had people say, well, that's just not how I, was ra- I wasn't raised in a hugging family. I wasn't really raised in a family where I, I did a lot of physical touching or where people gave me a lot of physical love. So it's very hard for me to get into that mindset. But mm-hmm. I think it's something that we can learn. I think we can learn to do different types of... of Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Do okay. you want to do the quiz? I'll do it. Okay. I Like, are you going to ask me questions? Is that how it goes? Yeah. I'm going to ask Does it get you, personal? So it's like... It's not, not dirty, is it? And they're pretty... Like, <laughs> when you... Uh, I'm not going to say love tank very much. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I hope we're done with that for now. So it's going to be like pairs of statements, and you tell me which one fits you best. Okay. It's going to be real easy... To figure out which one. You're if gonna, you're familiar with the love languages, it's going to be very easy to figure out which, which one. Which one? So like I could pick by picking. Basically. The, okay, I'll try yeah. to I'll try to not let my yeah, bias. Yeah, I, w- I tried to look for one that was a little bias. more um, neutrally worded, but okay. I couldn't really find one. So, okay. I like to receive notes of affirmation from you or I like it when you hug me. Second one. Okay. Hug me, baby. But see, even that's hard because I love little notes, but okay. Right, and it's it's more, and this goes back to which one I like better, which one makes me feel more loved. The best one. Yeah. Okay. I like to spend one-on-one time with you or I feel loved when you give me practical help. Help. Yeah. I like it when you give me gifts or I like taking long walks with you. Oh, that one's hard. I think, that, the, I think the long walks, though, yeah. because I would want to talk. We would be talking about stuff, you and I especially. <laughs> I feel loved when you do things to help me, or I feel loved when you hug or touch me. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I would do the hug in that one. Yeah? Really? Yeah, because... Okay. Well, you know what? That's weird. If I'm thinking about you in that question, yeah, this, I would pick one. If I was phrased. thinking about my husband, I would... Maybe pick a different one. Okay, well, let's think of it as the husband. Let's okay. think of it as as, as my husband. Then it would be the helping you. me. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, no, I Sorry. have to rip this Sorry, whole Bob. paper out of this notebook. <laughs> um, well, that's. I mean, that's a good point, and that's why I would be interested to know. This is where that. Oh, I wish there was research, which right. is a crazy thing for me to say because I avoid research like the plague. So our professor from grad school would say, "Do the research. <laughs> do you the be research. the one to do the research." Well, this I, could be our first paper. I don't want to do a paper. <laughs> Come on, don't make me do research and read things <laughs> and do the whole citations. No. <laughs> okay. If someone said, "Hey, Anna." You could read this research paper or you could punch yourself in the face. I wouldn't even, before they even said you're, I would be punching myself in the face already. I hate research. Oh. 
I thought you were going to make a bigger... It didn't. It, it I didn't. thought it would go... Yeah, but it didn't make a good beer noise. I know. It's a little tiny bottle, though, it so... It is a little bottle. It's a wee tiny... <laughs> it's called a mini. Why did you buy such a tiny bottle? It's a mini. Because then you could drink several a good and say, drink. like, oh, I had seven, yeah, seven, seven bottles of beer. But they're little tiny baby bottles. I mean, not for a baby, but they are... Is that how are... you sound when you drink seven bottles of beer? <laughs> oh, there's seven bottles of beer! Yeah. Probably. Is it Bob, Bobcat Goldthwait? You become Bobcat Goldthwait? <laughs> I kind Bob of Bobcat Goldthwait has always had seven bottles of beer. Always. Whenever he talks, he's had seven bottles. Okay. Okay, we got distracted. I don't know what number I'm on. I feel loved when you hold me in your arms, or I feel loved when I receive a gift from you. The first one. Okay. I like to go places with you, or I like to hold hands with you. Hold hands. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, hold hands while, Let's we, hold go hands while we go places. <laughs> Some uh, of them are tricky. They are. When they're matched pretty evenly like mm-hmm. that. Like like when it's, you know, oh, is it dude, a gift or an active service? Like it's, it's pretty easy to tell. But when it's like... Some of them you want both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel loved when you acknowledge me or visible symbols of love are very important to me. Acknowledge. I like to sit close to you or I like it when you tell me that I am attractive. Sit close to you. Yeah. Because I don't buy the other one. That one's, that one's hard. That's where I... Uh, so to get a little bit of a personal deep dive, I, like I've struggled with, with self-esteem issues most of my life and self and body issues. So I, I get this hard thing when it comes to those affirmation and telling, like giving me compliments mm-hmm. where I have a hard time accepting compliments. Mm-hmm. So, so that can also affect things like your love language. Right. So that's a good thing to think about if you're doing that self-reflection. That's deep, Anna. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I, I, I would give you a sticker, but I can't reach you. Ah, uh, here. Hand out. Wait, let me get a sticker. Okay, okay. Okay, here. Ah, oh, there. Thank you. It's a big table. It's a little flower sticker. Thanks, ma'am. <laughs> what number am I on? Affirmation. Okay, I like to spend time with you, or I like to receive little gifts from you. Time. I know you love me when you help me, or your words of acceptance are important to me. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the help, though. Yeah. I know. I'm stuck in that rut. Well, and then that's that's hard. Again, this is what I talked about earlier, that this is worded very... You kind of... If you're aware of the love yeah, languages, yeah. you know which one they're talking about. I just want all of it. <laughs> Give me all the love. All <laughs> of it. I like to be together when we do things, or I like the kind words you say to me. Kind words. Okay. I feel whole when we hug, or what you do affects me more than what you say. Oh, that's a hard that one. That is a tough one. Oh, but I really, the second one is really true for really? me. So I think the second one. That's, and I think, I wish more of the questions were worded in that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a a general enough way instead of like, I like when you give me presents. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but I have to say, whenever it says something about hugging, you, you know me. I yeah, hug. you're a hugger. I'm a hugger. We're, we're both huggers. Yeah, so. I value your praise and try to avoid your criticism, or several inexpensive gifts mean more to me than one large expensive gift. The first one. I feel closer to you when you touch me, or I feel close when we are talking or doing something together. Talking. Boy, I sound boring. Don't you st- <laughs> Let's talk. Let's just talk. I like you to compliment my achievements, or I know you love me when you do things for me that you don't enjoy doing. That one. D, really? 
Yeah. I mean, I like both of those things. That's interesting. Yeah, like... The achievements thing. Signifying achievements, pointing that out is... Yeah, I do. I really like that. Because to me, I mean, complimenting my achievements is very different than like complimenting my looks. Yes, I agree. I like for you to touch me when you walk by, or I like when you listen to me sympathetically. The second one. But see, that doesn't mean I don't like it. Right. No, they, no, no, no. You know, this is okay. this is just it's, it's kinda, picking the one you want. It's kind of one of those kinds of tests that every student hates, where it's like there could be more than right. one answer, but pick the one that's most right. Because like if you said to me, okay, whichever one you pick is what you're going to get for the rest of your life, and you'll never get the other ones. No, and this <laughs> I is, would be bummy. I'll talk about this a little later, <laughs> but I think it is important to kind of sp- like even if you don't think it's your partner's primary love language, like mix it up. It's okay to do other things. Just know that it's not going to fill up their love tank. You said you weren't going to say it I said I wasn't going to say it much. Oh, okay. Uh, It's it's just know that that's not going to be as impactful as their primary love language. But it is still, I mean, when someone says a compliment to you, even if you, that isn't really the way you like to receive love, you still like it. It's still good. right. I really enjoy receiving gifts from you, or I feel loved when you help me with home projects. That's easy. I like when you compliment my appearance, or I feel loved when you take the time to understand my feelings. Understand my feelings, please. I feel secure when you are touching me, or your acts of service make me feel loved. Acts of service. You're starting to write them down before I say them now. (laughs) I appreciate the many things you do for me, or I like receiving gifts that you make. I appreciate the things you do for me. I really enjoy the feeling I get when you give me your undivided attention, or I really enjoy the feeling I get when you do some act of service for me. Holy cow. I know. <laughs> it just keeps going, doesn't it? Do you want to... We can stop. I'll yeah. post the rest. Like, I'll, I'll post a link to this. It's yeah. a PDF, so I'll post a link to this if you want to... If you're not sure what your love language is and you would like to take it, um, then I'll post a link to this. But yeah, well, and your I acts think, of service. Uh, yeah, like, totally right. But actually, and I mean... We don't have to finish it. I, you have more right now in B, which is quality time. I thought you would get more in physical. Huh. But there were a lot of physical and acts of service matchups. Yeah. So you kind of tended so to So I had those. to take, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, I think that's why I directed you and asked you that question in the beginning because um, I, do, I do relate very strongly to the acts of service thing. But as you and I have talked about, I am, you know, I am a person who is very into hugging people. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is very important to me that my husband holds my hand and right. things like that. So I... I think you can, yeah, you can have two that are... Pretty close I, together. I think, I think acts of service is your primary And one. I mean, like you said, if one of the reasons that you have physical touches from, you know, is yours is because of the way you were raised by me. Then that must be. Then that yours, must be yeah. part of me. Right. You know, right. it must be a pretty significant part. But I do think it is, it's intriguing, but it's also, you know, in counseling, we constantly talk about being self-aware. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's just maybe one little quirky thing to know your love language, but right. I, I think any any time you do those kind of, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so fun to take those little tests, those yeah, silly little Facebook I know. things. I love, I'm, I'm a sucker yeah. for online quizzes and stuff. Because it's just, it is, it just makes you, if even like, yeah, I don't need to know what type of cheese I am, but... It makes me think about myself. Like, the questions make me think about... Which Disney princess are you? Oh, girl, I take every single one of those that I see. Every single one. Which Star Wars character? Uh, yep, I'm also... I know. Also I've never seen on. the cheese one, but... Go to BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed quizzes will tell you every type of cheese you are. Um, okay. Okay. Are we going to talk about the love languages themselves? Yes, please. Okay. So, there are five. 
How many are there? There are five. Okay. <laughs> um, in no so particular order. It, I was just going to say that, actually, almost in those exact words. <laughs> like, there's there's no... And there's uh, not a one that's better than the other. No, it just really depends on personal preference. Yeah. So the first one that we will talk about is receiving gifts. So all of the love languages are about giving things and receiving things that make us feel loved. But this is specifically about visual symbols of love. This is about tangible things that represent your love. And it's not about monetary value. It's not like, like I, I don't want anyone to say, well, I don't want my love language to be receiving gifts because that means I'm a gold digger or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, a handmade gift means just as much if not more than something that was bought. I was thinking even while you were giving me the quiz and I just kept going back to the service things over and over again, I was thinking, I don't want you to think that these little presents you gave me today aren't important because they Mm -hmm. are. So even though that's like the gifts are probably the bottom of my list as far as love language. But the fact When I did the quiz, I didn't get any in the receiving gifts. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mark any. And yet when you gave me these, because you and I have talked about before that we're kind of, when we get gifts, we kind of get awkward. Right. You feel awkward awkward like at Christmas when you open your presents and right stuff. yeah but um my full disclosure my birthday is coming up and people keep asking me what I want and I keep like having little mini panic attacks because mm-hmm. I don't know and I don't want anything and please don't give me anything like let's just stay at home and not do anything so it's very hard for me to get in the mindset of giving gifts but that brings up a good point what if you what if your partner is a person who their language is gifts mine is Okay. Nathan, so, Nathan, my husband's name is Nathan. I think I, I was, as I was listening to the last episode, I realized that we said like my husband several times, but my husband's name is Nathan. I should probably name. just name him. He has a name. Uh, his, and name now, is just, his name is just husband. It's very weird. Uh, no, his name is a perfect Nathan. name for a husband. <laughs> it's like he was meant to be. Um, so his name is Nathan and uh, his love language is gifts. And it took me a real long time to get in that mindset just because I am so far away from having that mindset for myself. And so that's what I was going to say. Part of wanting to be in a relationship with someone Mm -hmm. is that if you are opposites like that, you have to be aware, you have to find the middle, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be like, don't ever give me a gift. Right. Because if that's their love language, they do get joy out of giving gifts too right right so. and and I I do like when he asked me to give gifts I will be very honest and say I don't know because I'm at a point in my life where I don't if there's something that I want I usually just get it for myself because I don't really want other people to think they have to give it for give it to me so I'll get it for myself or or usually it's I don't really want anything unless I need it like I asked you for a vacuum this last Christmas but you've never since you were little you've you have not been a big like you have get me frivolous things right you have me good at it's not that you I because you were always very very gracious and appreciative even as a little bitty kid when you got gifts right um but it's not like you ever were one of those kids that were like what's you know what are you gonna give me because my mommy raised me very well (laughs) my mommy raised me to say thank you you. I'm gonna give you a But I do think that it's that it's significant that you try to appreciate. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's a little bug with a heart. Little little dragonfly. I like it. Thank you. That that sometimes we have to kind of stretch ourselves a little bit. Yeah. To be able to help our partner to use their own love language as well. Right. So not. And we have to. And maybe like it's not like we have to stretch far to like provide them opportunities but when they do that for us even if it doesn't 
you know, give us as much importance or satisfaction as our primary love language does when we receive it. It's important to acknowledge that that's their love language and it means a lot to them. Right. I, I've heard this beyond love languages. I've heard this for when people say like, I'll pray for you and stuff. Like when religious people say to non-religious people, I'll pray for you, mm-hmm. that some non-religious people get very offended. But I've heard from several non-religious people, no, that means a lot to me because I know it means a lot to them. I know to them that's the height of what they could do to right. help me. And that's the height of how they could be spending their time to, to make sure I'm okay. And so because it means so much to them, it means a lot to me. That's a very gracious way to accept that. Yeah. That's very gracious. Yeah. And like I said, when I when I give gifts to Nathan, it's not about monetary value. And Dr. Gary talks about this a lot in his book. Uh, <laughs> Dr. G. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, talks about this a lot. Like he, he, he says it's not monetary value. It's, it's that the person knows they were being thought of. They know right. that their partner was thinking about them. Like one of the times, the time that I think made me realize that he, that, that Nathan's love language was giving gifts and receiving gifts. It was when we were in class one day and I was coming down the hallway and there was this bookshelf, um, in the hallway of free books this was before we were married, so we were living apart. Um, but I like it was in the education department of the school, and so I just immediately bent down and I was looking through all these things and seeing if there was anything that that applied to him because it's free and I'm cheap and I'm just gonna get free books all day. <laughs> so I was just getting these free books, and the next time I saw him, I said, "Hey, I got free books for you. I saw this bookshelf, and they were giving away books, and I gave him this stack of books, and he legitimately looked like he was gonna cry." And I said, oh, are they not the right books? What's going on? And he's like, this is so sweet. He goes, this is the nicest thing. It, it wasn't It wasn't that I spent money on them. I, I didn't. I, it, was, it was just that I saw something and thought of him. Mm-hmm. And to him, that was such such a big showing of love. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really not about, if you have a partner whose language is gifts, don't think like, oh, they're only going to appreciate it if it's a really expensive gift or, oh, that means I need to buy them more expensive gifts than I thought I would need to. No, it's just about you know, getting little things and and showing them that you're thinking of them in just intangible ways. So Gary talks about, I'm just going to start, it's me and him. Kind of disrespectful. Dr. Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Gary talks about each language has dialects, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. So that just means that every person has their own way of looking at this love language and the way one person likes to receive gifts is not the same way another person likes to receive gifts. So he talks about, in this one specifically, giving the gift of self, which to me almost sounds like quality time more. I was just going to say, that sounds like it bleeds over into another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And that's our next, our next one is quality time. So that means undivided attention to another person. So he talks specifically, and uh, this is how I know this is probably not my primary love language. He talks about like, this doesn't mean like watching TV with your partner. It just, it means sitting down, looking them in the eye and having conversations. But to me, like if I'm sitting on the couch watching TV with Nathan, that is quality time. I was just going to say, I, I could... Um, I know, that's a hard one. But yeah. I, I think it's important to have those times where you are talking face-to-face and right. looking each other in too. the eye. I do too. But I think that just spending time with each other is still time with right. each other. So I guess quality time is not one of my love languages. But it's about proximity and it's about togetherness. Some of the dialects for this one are quality conversation um, instead of just the time together and proximity. 
So it talks about hearing each other rather than saying, because saying is more like words of affirmation. So listening, he kind of gives like a brief overview of listening, like maintaining eye contact and don't doing something, don't do something else at once and listen for your feelings. And and it also includes learning how to talk, I, like learning how to communicate, like we were talking about earlier, is an important part of quality time because mm-hmm. that's what quality time provides. It's a time to learn about each other and talk to each other. It's funny though, because I think, I do think that a lot of couples spend quality time when they're not talking. Yeah. Like you said, just Especially sitting on the couch. Especially if you've been a, together a long time. Yeah. Or even like if you've had a long day at work, you know, and you're just yeah, worn out. You just want to. I think about my dad though. My dad <laughs> was one of those people that never really, he was such a social butterfly that he mm-hmm. didn't like to be alone at all. Mm-hmm. But specifically about mom, mom would complain because mom was an acts of service. But she, so she'd have a million things to do. But see, that's another good example because mom was also a very physical touch thing. The point is, dad would be out like washing the car in the backyard and he would come in and say, come out and and talk to me, sit and, and be with me while I wash the car. And mom would say, gosh, I have a million things to do. I don't have time to, you know. Right. But for dad, looking back on that now, I mean, I remember at the time thinking that's really weird that that's what he, he wants her to come out while he washes <laughs> the car. Yeah. But that's, he wanted that quality yeah. time. So yeah. Which is interesting because Papa was never really a deep person. Not at all. I mean, when I think no of offense, Dad. quality, yeah, love you, love you, Papa. Love but you, Dad like, in heaven, I but... mean, listen, I was jealous of him. Like he was about as deep as a puddle, and sometimes I wish. <laughs> but he didn't fret about. No, this. he really didn't. Nothing really bothered him too much. But that is one of those times where it maybe wasn't going to be the deepest of talks, but right. the time and the proximity was what was important. Just having her there, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Gifts, quality time. What's next? Words of affirmation. So that is verbal compliments. It's better if they're straightforward. So, you know, make sure they know you're complimenting them. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Just encouraging words, kind words. And this includes tone. So just be nice. You know, this is very, very be nice. Like these are things you should be doing even if your partner's primary love language is not words of affirmation is you should be saying nice things to your partner and not only your partner you should be saying nice things please just be nice to people (laughs) good lord just be nice be nice this is one of those things where i have to say this to clients like especially couples and families the the amount of times i've had to give the homework of be Be nice. nice like and i say those words in that tone to them and they kind of it always kind of makes them go oh okay I don't know. Is that just something we take for granted? I think we learn how to be nice. We learn how to be kind. That was kind of what I was going to say about the words of affirmation is that what's maybe difficult sometimes with partners is if if you were raised in a household where people are sarcastic and make kind of, you know, put each other, like tease each other harshly, because some people do that. I have have a client specifically that she said she thinks she's mean to people mm-hmm. and she talks about how she feels like she's being mean to her friends and i've had to say cuz i have i have her and her dad in the room when we have sessions and i have to say like you guys are kind of mean to each other i mean you raz each other all the time so that's just kind of how you communicate and people outside your family don't necessarily get that i mean even if your way of communication is pretty snarky and pretty pretty raz each other and tease each other it's still good to be kind to each other and say nice things. But I think that comes down again to communication, which we keep going back to. I always say one of the reasons that it's cliche 
and we hear it all the time is because it's real. Yeah. When that's that's how things become so cliche because it actually is true, is that communication is the biggest thing about being, ooh, that was very good. Thank you. <laughs> a good pour. Thank you. That was a good pour. I do think, I I don't know. I, I was just thinking about how, I mean, you know me, that's that that I, I am not real sarcastic. Mm-hmm. You look at me like I am. Am I real sarcastic? I'm not real sarcastic. Uh, let's say it this I way. Guess. You and Gabriel, your brother, I believe, are both more sarcastic We're than sarcastic, I am. And sometimes yeah. when you two start riffing on things, it's like, whoa. <laughs> I just step back. <laughs> you can you can give it with the best of a Oh, though. can I? You can. Well, I, you hold your own. You wouldn't be able to hold your own if yeah. you weren't sarcastic. That's probably true. I just know I think that sometimes if our if our partner is words of affirmation and they what I was going to say is is even though that builds them up words of affirmation build a person up if that's their love language the opposite is kind of true that it doesn't take much to tear them down yeah because that is their love language yeah. so if you just if you just get a little bit you know, kind of snarky. Right. It it can be. They it, can take it way more personally. Exactly. Than other people and might so take then, it. so then the partner's like, "What? I didn't even say anything that bad." Right. You know, and it, and to maybe other people, so to speak, it doesn't seem that bad or right. that mean or whatever. But because uh, your words of affirmation, things you're you're very sensitive about the words thing. Yeah. That's something I think people need to be aware of with their partners. Right. Just how they like to communicate right. and how what works best with them. So if you feel like your partner is easily offended by you, like like if you would say to your counselor, everything I say, he takes so personally, or right. everything I say, she gets, she over... And especially if you did grow up in a house where you did razz each other a bit more mm-hmm. and you were a bit more sarcastic to each other. I mean, if your partner grew up in a house where they didn't do that, right. then they're probably going to take that more offensively. Right. The dialects in this one, I think, are important to talk about because that is what people like to be affirmed about. So this goes back to when we were doing the quiz and I said, you know, when someone gives me a compliment about my achievements and things that I do more than the way I look, then that's more important to me. Right. Um, so even if you, you know, know your partner's love language, you think you have it down, but you're still not really getting the response that you thought that maybe it's not meaning as much to them as you thought it would, that maybe you're not affirming them about the right kind of things. Mm. Like like maybe you're complimenting them that they look really nice every morning and and they think that's great, but they don't think it's as meaningful as if you were to say I really liked, you know, the way you set this up or I really liked the the way that you handled that situation or I really love the way that you talk to me or like know what they like to be affirmed about and then focus on that with your compliments especially. In other words, relationships are a lot of work. Yeah. But I mean, it is about communication. It is about knowing people. Like part of that is if you're the one who likes to be affirmed and your partner is affirming you, but not really about what you like to be affirmed about, you're not being needy or you're not being too blunt if you say like, thank you so much. That that compliment means a lot to me. But I really wish you would notice more when I do this or, or when I act like this or when I you know, I like I like it when you tell me I, I did this well or it's not it's not needy and it's not being too straightforward. It's it's good to be straightforward and it's honesty. Yeah. Which we we talk about all the time. Just say what you mean. Yeah. Just say what you mean. Yeah. It makes life so much easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. 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 Acts of service. This <sighs> is yours. Do you want to talk about this one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just do all the work. You know, it is a weird balancing act, though, because even though... Get a little beer, burp. Sorry, beer. Excuse me. We're drinking beer today. We're not drinking wine. Ooh. We're still sipping. We're just sipping on something different. <laughs> Even though I, you know, like when you were asking those questions and everyone was like, yeah, it, it means a lot to me if somebody does something for me. It does. It means a lot to me when I come home and my husband has vacuumed or my husband has done the dishes or whatever. Right. Um, those things do mean a lot to me. But then there's this weird balance thing because I also am a person who doesn't really want to let other people yeah, do Yeah, you things. like to do them yourself. Yeah, so oh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I'm just a weird case. What Do you think it would have the same meaning for you if they just offered to do it, but then you said, no, I really, I know one of your things is you really like to mow the lawn. Yeah. Like that's your kind of thinking time. Don't anybody mow my yard. Oh yeah, you would throw <laughs> hands if they tried to mow your lawn. So like if if someone said like, honey do you want me to do this today would Mm -hmm. that mean as much as if they just did it if they offered oh that's hard maybe this is part of the dialect thing because it's like what I would want you to do like don't mow my yard but if you want to vacuum go for it right or if you want to like scoop the cat pan honey go every day (laughs) and scoop the cat pan Do with the things I don't want to do. Yeah. One of those questions was doing something that you really don't like to do for somebody. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Which is especially when Dr. Gary talked about like writing lists and stuff. I mean, for the for the acts of service part, he had them write what they would like their partner to do or what they didn't like to do. Or like he would have them write specific things. And that's important to be specific in that kind mm-hmm. of situation. So yeah, I think that is a dialect, I think, knowing what your partner likes to do and doesn't like to do and doesn't want you to do for them right. is really important. And I think, too, though, that that shows that overlap of things because I was just thinking it's not even so much that I would always want someone to be doing things for me, mm-hmm. but it means a really lot to me that people realize all the hard work I do. Mm-hmm. So that's words of affirmation. I mean, that's I kind so. of a bleed over. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, If they're it, acknowledging that you did something. Right. That Thank you it, for doing that. It would almost that would be a word of affirmation, I think. Right. but so, Which you scored pretty high, like you, or you at least struggled. Like, like between, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know which yeah. one to pick for that. Because I would almost rather have my husband, I mean, if I had to choose, he could wash the dishes or at the end of the day he could be like, holy crap, Bonnie, you did like. Thank you so much You did 20,000 things today and you worked right. so hard and you're amazing right. because you work so hard. But I think that's because you do like to do them yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's because you're independent in that. So if you were someone who didn't like to do those things as much, then it would be more important that he did them. But since you're you're like, no, I'll just do it, I think that means more. If, if you're going to do it anyway, please acknowledge that I did. So I think this goes back to being self-aware, that yeah. some of us, we need to be self-aware that some of us are more difficult <laughs> <laughs> to get along with, to please. Some of us are more difficult to have our tanks filled because we just never know quite how that tank needs <laughs> needs to be filled or something. Or something. But yeah, the bleed over, that was my next bullet point actually too. One of the things when I was researching this and Nathan was half asleep on the couch next to me that I was asking him, because I, I know his love language and he knows as well that his is receiving gifts. And so I was talking about like one of the things I, I do every night or every night 
if I don't forget, is I make his lunch for him for the next day. I just, I mean, it's really simple. I don't put a lot of work into it. I just like make a sandwich. And so I was talking up to him like, you know, do I show you enough in your love language that I love you? Do, do I give you enough gifts? Because in my mind, I don't really give him a lot of gifts. Like if I see a little thing, I'll get it and I'll give it to him, but I don't intentionally do that probably as often as I should. And so I was expressing to him like, do I do this enough? I'm sorry if I don't. And he's like, you make my lunch every night. Mm-hmm. And I gave, kind of gave him a funny look and I said, that's a gift? And mm-hmm. he said, I think of it as a gift, yeah. So in my mind, that would have been an act of service that I was doing something for him. Ah. But to him, he interpreted it as a gift. Right. So again, this is that dialect thing. You have to determine what people think of as gifts and what people think of as favors and what people think of as words of affirmation or if it's just they think of that as quality time like you have to know how people think of things and how they're looking at things to know how they're going to interpret it and with the acts of service this also this is this is kind of a tricky point this goes a lot to overcoming stereotypes especially in straight relationships even in our pretty progressive place we are right now a little bit progressive place in our culture where the woman is not expected to just stay home there's still a lot of those like traditional gender roles in the woman needs to take care of the kids or keep the house clean or whatever Mm -hmm. even if they still have a job so i i think a lot of it is being aware of how you were raised and what gender roles you saw in your Mm -hmm. you know your growing up I was going to say, I just think it's important for uh, people always who are getting into a a relationship where you're going to be together together, that you communicate before you actually get to that point. Like if we have this kind of relationship, who is going to wash the dishes? Who is going to cook the meals? And Again, those pretty specific things that you think, oh, we don't have to talk about that. They'll work themselves out. They won't talk about them. Exactly. It goes back to to say say what you want. Say what you mean. Just say it. it, Just because you saw your parent... Doing right. all those things doesn't mean that's what your partner wants. So right, right. even if your your dad was the one who mowed the lawn every day, mm-hmm. if they were to marry you, they'd be then in trouble. <laughs> they'd be in trouble. <laughs> You'd throw hands. So and you have no trouble letting your husband do the yard. Yeah. So because you never let me. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't Nobody know how touched my mower. Nobody touched my mower. I did the lawn. It was my therapy time, and, and especially it still is my therapy time. And this, I hate winter time for that. <laughs> Well, my lawn. So this also includes when we talk about acts of service is doing things out of love versus doing them out of fear or like guilt or resentment or any of that kind of stuff. So if you're doing acts of love for your partner or acts of service, you should be doing them because you know it is their love language and because you know it'll mean a lot to them or because we want to make them happy or because they've had a really long day. If you're doing it because you're going to get punished if you don't or because you're going to be made to feel guilty if you don't or because they're not going to do it anyway so I guess I have to do it, there's a problem Mm -hmm. and you need to examine it. Wow, that can go like really big too with physical touch, mm-hmm. what you just said. If well, you're doing it because, you know, you don't want to be punished or you're doing it because you want to be rewarded. Yes. That's not a good reason to yes be physical with your partner. Yeah, and that kind of, I mean, it goes to all the love languages, it I does. guess, is if you're like gifts, you know, right. if, if your partner is taking gifts and is really happy if they're really expensive or more happy if they're really expensive, then... If you're giving them things, not because, oh, I know this will make them happy, but because like they're going to be miserable otherwise and they're going to treat me like shit, then 
that's not a good reason to be doing a love language. Right. So the next one, last one. Yay! Physical touch. This one does have a lot of research behind it, actually, especially when it comes to child development. You know, kids need that physical touch to feel loved. You did this very well for me. Yay! My mommy would rub my back. Rub. Whenever. Rub. <laughs> um, the, they're not going to get that. They're no, not going to know, know what that means. It's a personal uh, joke. When, when I would go into my mom's bed and, and be laying with her and, and she would be rubbing my back, she would think that I was asleep and then she would stop rubbing or she was falling asleep or something. I would she do would... that in your bed too because oh. it, was, it was your way of, it was my way of getting you to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Because you weren't very good at going to sleep. And then she would stop because... Anna's asleep and I could finally leave. And then I would say, Rav. (laughs) And then she would have to keep rubbing my back. (laughs) Very demanding. Very demanding. Um, So uh, Dr. Gare Bear feels the need to point out that physical abuse is not a good way to practice this language. Mm. Thanks, Gary. We all needed that That clarification. (laughs) Just in case you were wondering. If you're you're being hit or physically abused by your partner, they're not practicing physical touch. That is not good. No. Please get help if you feel that you are in that situation. And yeah, sex falls into this category. But it's not only sex. To me, physical touch means rubbing my back or... Just like if we're sitting on the couch together and Nathan has his hand on my back, then mm-hmm. that's to me that's a physical touch and that's very important. Well, one of those questions was something about that he touches you as he walks by you or whatever. Yeah, just something very that brief. is significant. And and I think it's significant that every time you are physically touched, it is not sexual. Right. Right. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about your children, Asamba, we're talking about partners now. Right. Yeah. That every single time you put your hand on your partner's back, it's not a sexual or, thing. Or or when they kiss you, if you right. feel if you feel that every time your partner touches you or kisses you that it is supposed to lead to sex then there's a communication problem and you need if you're not comfortable with that I mean if you guys are both like ready to get it on if all the time constantly go great perfect <laughs> but if one of if you feel pre- again this goes back to doing it out of love instead of doing it out of the feeling of being pressured or guilted if you feel that you're engaging in physical touch because you're feeling guilted to do it or feeling pressured to do it mm-hmm. then there needs to be some kind of communication about that that you need to make them know I feel pressured about this or I don't want to I don't want to do this sometimes can we just hug again just tell your partner what you need and what you don't need and don't want mm-hmm. some people find that touches are uncomfortable for them or they're irritating this can go specifically to people who have been traumatized mm-hmm. um, who have maybe had physical abuse or or other kind of abuse in their childhood that maybe you need to know your partner's limits you need to know what kind of touch is going to not be good for them and this can also be with sensory issues with maybe if uh, someone's on the autism spectrum that certain kinds of touches are going to be irritating to them so again this is knowing your partner's boundaries knowing what they like knowing what they don't like all conversations that you should have fairly early in the relationship. And like I said before, this kind of goes back to something that I've heard from a lot of clients, which is, well, I didn't grow up in a touching family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't really get touched, you know, in a loving way as a child. So I don't really know how to do that. So this is a thing that can be learned. Sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Because you, first, first of all, you think, well, you should just know how to be in a love relationship. Right. And just... There's, it's not like anybody should be trained in how to be in a love relationship. And so if mine is not going well, then it means I'm just stupid. Right. Or... And even if you were 
quote-unquote trained, if you feel like you've had a lot of experience with being in romantic relationships, that doesn't mean that you know how your partner operates. Right. You know, every time you get in a new relationship, you need to learn what they like and what they don't like. Right. So if somebody just takes this one little tool in their own uh, relationship and and uses it and maybe makes their own relationship, because we can always work on making our relationships better. Even if we have a great relationship, we can make it better. Yeah, there can always be improvement and there can always be things that we're taking for granted that maybe we need to work on that we haven't worked on in a while that Mm -hmm. maybe we can change. Maybe we don't think of the love languages in the same way we did. That we need to be checking in with our partners constantly. So one of the things Dr. Gerber extrapolated into was uh, apology languages that he, he wrote this with someone else. And I'm sorry, I didn't put their name in my notes. I think Jean was her name. Sorry, Jean. <laughs> sorry. If, hey, hey, Jean, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. Just call her Dr. Jean. Dr. And then even if she's Dr. not a doctor, Karen, at Dr. least Jean. you're, you know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this woman's name. I feel very bad. Dr. Jennifer Thomas. So it's not Sorry, even, I called Eugene, Jennifer. Not even Jean. Sorry, man. Okay. I'm going to open my candy. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, getting, this is getting intense. Yes. I need some chocolate to go We're with my beer. We're two beers in and we need candy. Aww. Did one of them melt? What happened? <laughs> I got my gelato. That's tank. what you get when you, buy, <laughs> when you buy candy at the dollar store. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, Here, so have sorry. one. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Mmm. <laughs> This one's orange. What? They're just kind of mouthy. <laughs> Chocolate are actually very good with beer. Oh, no, that's weird. I mean, they make Have like... you ever tried M&M's with beer? No. You haven't lived till you had M&M's with beer. I mean, they make like chocolate stouts and stuff. They make chocolate ah, beer. See? Yeah. I thought of that before they did. <laughs> My idea. <laughs> Trademark. Back to serious. I feel like we've been very serious this episode. <laughs> So yeah, we got a... we got way drunker right way faster last time, so it was easier to speak for yourself. <laughs> so apology languages. This was something that was made by Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Jennifer Thomas. So the apology languages. There's still five of them, um, but th- this is weird because to me it's more of a uh, chronological order. Like it's more like this is how you should apologize to people. These are the five steps. I don't. I don't really, because if any of these are taken independently, it would be a shitty apology. Like, you should probably do more than one of them. So it works the same way as the love languages, that each person has a primary one and maybe a secondary one. But to me, it's just safe to do all of these when you apologize. I mean, this is kind of a general, like, here's how to apologize primer. Okay. So the first one is expressing regret. That's just saying sorry. And the intention matters here. I'm sorry, I'm very burpy. (laughs) I'm so burpy. I told you those burpees oh catch goodness. up with you with beer. Okay. Okay, I'm so burpy. <sighs> don't America breathe. <laughs> when I, I don't know what love language this falls into, but when I burp sometimes, Nathan will come up to me and pat me on the back Aww. like I'm a baby, but then he'll just make me burp more. <laughs> that's very nurturing. And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> Please don't make me do that again. So expressing regret, saying sorry. Uh, intention matters here, obviously. If you go up to your partner and are like, sorry, sorry. then that's it's not actually expressing regret. You're just being a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> actually say sorry. So expressing regret. 
The second one is accepting responsibility. And this includes... Oh, that's important. Yeah, yeah. And this is one that people have a hard time with. People get really defensive. This just means not making excuses. And this is where it gets hard because, I mean, there's reasons we do things. So even if we feel like we had a good reason to do something... And even if the reason itself was not bad, we can accept our part in it. We can accept, you know, I did this for a reason, but it still hurt you. And for that, I'm sorry, and I know I hurt you. Right. So even if there was a good reason for doing something. Taking responsibility for the hurt. Yes. Yes. Um, the next one is making restitution, and that's making up for what you did. You know, he, he talks about, or they talk about in their book, that, you know, as a child, this may mean, like, if they stole a toy, that you should take the toy back. Mm-hmm. And that you should give it back to wherever you took it. But as an adult, it's making sure that the other person knows that they're loved. It's making sure that you make up for the slight that you did and that that you make up for the hurt that they have by showing them love and by showing them that, that you still love them and then it's okay. So the next one is genuinely repenting. That means not doing it again or assuring you won't do it again. Uh, this one's hard because <laughs> this can be the one that if, even if you do assure you won't do it again especially if you do assure that then you do it again it really breaks your partner's trust and it's really hard to apologize the next time Mm -hmm. I have a family that I'm working with right now that is really struggling with this that the child keeps she keeps doing things and her mom just will not accept her apology at this point because her her mom's her mom's thought is she she'll just apologize and then it'll happen again yeah so most of us have faced something like that in our life where someone keeps hurting us over and over again and right they say they're sorry but then they hurt us again and it just gets to a point where it's impossible to to and this goes like when you were doing the quiz and it was like you know the things you do are more important than the things you say right this kind of goes back to that right So I think a lot of people have a hard time with that. And then the last one is requesting forgiveness. And this is one that I think a lot of people skip. Just saying, you know, I'm sorry I did this. Here's how I'm going to make it up. I'm not going to do it again. Do you forgive me? So to me, what you just explained is, like you said, is steps. Yeah. They were saying that these were separate. separate things. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. I don't like it. Yeah. So So I like it the way you presented it. Okay. So good job. Good job. Good job. So, Let me find a and, and the forgiveness thing is is a little difficult because if you're the one being apologized to, I think it's important that you're. Oh, oh, mom's giving me a sticker. You get a sticker. Thank because you. Because I like that you changed that. Thank you. It's an owl sticker. I know. Wow. So if you're the one being apologized to, I think it's important that you're honest. If you need more time, when you get to that last step, when they say, "Do you forgive me?" If you need more time, just say that. Yes. Like, don't don't say... Don't just say yes. Yes, I forgive you and everything's fine because then you're going to be resentful later. Right. So it's important that you say, I just need some more time to cool down. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about this a little later. That's not a bad thing to say. I think that's that's a great thing to remind people about, to remind ourselves of. It's that kind of thing like when you were in grade school and you had to go to the principal and and then they said, okay, now say you're sorry to each other. And you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you really don't mean it at all. It goes against all those rules you just said. Yeah. You really don't mean it. You really, you know, and you say you accept their apology and you really don't mean it. Yeah. So... Nothing means anything. Yeah, don't do that in your relationships. Don't do that. Be authentic in your relationships. Right. That's what I've got. That's all I've got. Let's wrap it up. Let's summarize it. All right. How? You summarize it. I've talked a lot. (sighs) I don't know how to summarize it. You should chug a beer and be... be... (laughs) You're right. We've been too serious. We have been very serious. Because love's a pretty serious topic. I mean, it doesn't have to be. But I think when it comes to talking about communicating with your partner and... 
Beer burps. So Mike's just going to smell like beer. Next time we're going to come, we're be like, whoa. Yeah, I think it's worth it to be serious when we're talking about communicating what you need from your partner. Again, I, I don't want people to be like, they should know. They're not going to know unless you tell them. Right. Well, I think I think we decided that we would do a, um, this second episode on love, as Anna said at the beginning, because of Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I think that we have so many things in our society that put pressure on us, like we should all know how to be perfect at relationships. We should all just, it should happen naturally. And, and if it doesn't right. all just happen real easily, then well, then I guess you're not supposed to be together or right. whatever. Or or there's that, you know, romantic comedy thing. And I'm not, I'm not shooting on romantic comedies. I love romantic comedies. I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. But I mean, I think we need to be careful not to accept that as how relationships actually work. That's right. Because they don't. That's, That's not, right. life isn't that easy. So, uh, so I would go back to a plug for counseling. I'm Always. actually, doing always that. do it. I'm going back to a plug for counseling to not feel like if you're in a relationship and things aren't going well it is a really good idea to talk to a counselor uh, with your partner because having that objective person that non-judgmental person um, who can help you and actually your counselor will guide you in ways like this like yeah you know to talk about what your love languages are they might not go there but They'll, they'll help you with your self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And like we've talked about many times in this podcast, the, the communication thing is going to be huge. And, right, right. And to not feel like you're a failure because you get relationship counseling. Yeah, that is something that I've struggled with a lot in seeing couples for counseling because the couples that I've seen most often have come in and been like, this is a last resort. Right. right. It shouldn't be a last resort. Don't wait till please the end. don't please don't do that to your counselor. If nothing else, <laughs> like I, because then I'm just sitting there like, okay, so if this doesn't work, it's my fault. I right. mean, I they're saying like this is totally broken and you have to fix it. Don't wait until it gets that bad. Like go into counseling if you just feel like there's something that's not quite. If you're not clicking on quite the right way, if you're not on quite the same wavelength, like go to counseling just to fine tune your relationship. Don't wait until it's at a breaking point because yeah. at that point it's going to take a lot more work than if you just are proactive about it. Right. Which goes for your own personal mental health too. Like don't wait until you're so far down the hole that you need Have someone to throw a rope down. Out. Just just right. you know go when you need a little bit of help and before it gets too bad. And so overall, celebrate your own love language. Yeah. Find out what yours is and then start to look for cool things that make you feel that your tank is being filled. Yeah. And, and I, tell your partner what will fill your tank. And tell your partner and look for what theirs is. You know, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll post the link. So maybe if you guys don't really know what yours is, that you can do that you can together and you can find out. And maybe you're not aware of what your own love language is. It's kind of cool. I think I think a lot of people are like that. They don't really take the time to critically analyze what makes them feel loved they just sort of know if they're feeling it or not but they're not saying oh this is what they did that made me feel that way they're just saying they did or they didn't so go forth and have your (laughs) love tank filled (laughs) fill your love tank (laughs) love tank baby love tank That song was actually in my head, too. (laughs) Why didn't you sing it? You're the singer. (laughs) Thought it was tacky, but hey. (laughs) I'll go there. I'll go there. Okay. That's episode two, baby. Episode two down. Love it. Sorry we botched last week's closing. We had too much wine and not enough script, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't. As I was editing, I was like, we did not say anything that we should have said in that closing. So, so give uh, us the closing, Anna Marie. All right. Well, thank you for listening, first of all. You can find us a lot of places online. The main place is FreudianSipsPod.com. That has links to everywhere else you can follow us or you can listen to us. Or if you just want to follow us on different places, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of those are at FreudianSipsPod. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us, FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. There's a contact form on the site too. And if you like what we're doing, you want to help us with hosting costs or buying supplies like $3 bottles of wine. Uh, (laughs) You can support us on Patreon, also by the name Freudian Sips Pod. We tried to make it easy for you. Um, Regardless of where you're listening to this now, thank you. First of all, thank you for listening. And um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, We're working on getting Google Play, Google Podcast up. And if you like what we're doing, then please stop by iTunes. And I think Stitcher has a rating system as well. Stop by either of those places and uh, give us a good rating and and give us a nice comment. That helps. Like as as we're just kind of a startup right now, we we could really use those good ratings to help. That will fill our lives. Love tank. It fills our love tank with. If you give us some words of affirmation in a in a five star rating, that will really fill our love tank. Our theme music. We didn't say this at all last week. I'm so sorry. Our theme music is "Sweeter Vermouth" by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so glad that wasn't actually while we're talking. I'm going to edit that into the middle of the episode. That's our stinger. That's it.